Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Blue Ngo, coming to your ears from NARM, Melbourne, Australia. Let's learn together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Doing Well. And today we have a very special guest to talk to us about rest and burnout. Um, a little bittersweet, but we have Aditi with us in the studio today. Uh, she is my beloved ex-colleague and our friend, and she hosted the two amazing shows, uh, one on personal science and the other one on relationship science at LMSL. And now she's moved on to her next chapter in life. And we'll talk all about, you know, the reason why and, you know, um, some of the things related to the transition, which is also related to burnout. And it's very interesting. But before we do that, thank you for being here. Always happy to be here. I'm so happy that you went to the studio today and we were just like old friends reuniting. It's like the best feeling ever. Even though I think the last time we saw each other was a week and a half ago, but... Pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> about 10 days ago. Not that long, but it's like, ah, it's like, you know, back, you know, back from um, summer holiday or something and you see your friend, you're like, yay. Yeah. It's so amazing. Um, so for those that don't know much about you um, and those that have not watched your shows, can you introduce a bit about yourself, like who you are as a human? What are some of the things that not a lot of people know about you professionally and personally mm -hmm. that you're willing to share, of course? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not willing to share anything. I'm quite a mysterious person, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so I used to <laughs> I used to host um, Self-Improvement Atlas, the Personal Science Insights podcast, um, and Reliscope, the Relationship Science Insights podcast. And those are great experiences because I love talking to people who are experts in their field about things that they know a lot about. Um, and that was really fun. Um, currently, I and I guess during the time I was doing that, I was also um, an editor and head of content at Sari Collective, um, which is a South Asian Australian media organization. We're committed to like um, helping new writers and creatives move into the creative field because often people of my cultural background and probably your cultural background are not encouraged to take up creative fields. Yeah. Um, so we try and help make that transition easier and give them the experience they need because they're usually lagging behind. Um, so that's what I'm doing at the moment. But apart from that, I have really just transitioned from being a podcast host at LMSL to resting. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Hmm. So Yeah. And yeah. we'll talk a, a bit about why you decided to make that decision because you did say to me that it was really hard. Uh, we'll talk about that when we talk about rest and burnout, mm -hmm. but let's talk about you. Yes. Have you met Aditi? This is the section. You know this all too well. You've done this many times with guests and now it's your turn. So prepare your recommendations. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, <laughs> no pressure at all. Uh, what is a book you would recommend? Um. So I 
recently read a book called Atalanta by Jennifer Saint. It's the last book I finished reading. Um, I liked it. I recommend people reading it because I think it's a good book. Did I love it? Did I think it's the best book ever? No, but um, I really, really enjoyed it. If you're into Greek mythology like me, um, I, I do recommend. It's about um, Atalanta, who is a Greek heroine and kind of her story from like a feminist lens. So it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be really into Greek mythology and things like that, but I just lost touch with it, you know, as I grew if up. If you ever want to get back into it. Yeah. I'm your girl. I used yes. to study archaeology and like uh -huh. Greece and Rome as well. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Love it. <laughs> How about a movie? My favorite movie of all time is The Handmaiden. Mm -hmm. It's a Korean movie um, directed by uh, Park Chun-wook. Um, incredible. If you're into psychological thrillers, period dramas, and queer romance, Aww, <laughs> it's a great one. Love that. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but I've seen that recommended to me a few times. Mm. So yeah, now I have to put on my watch list. All right. You hosted two podcasts, mm -hmm. but I know you listen to quite a few yourself. So mm -hmm. what what's one you would recommend today? Um, my One of my favorite podcasts of all time is called Noble Blood. It's a kind of it's true crime for historical kind of nobility kind of figures um so they kind of go through a kind of weird wacky story from the past um i really like it i'm not super into true crime um which i know is like heresy to say if you're into podcasts um but i do love uh kind of history i don't know if you can tell so far but i really love history <laughs> yeah, we um, know. so yeah i really recommend that it's really mm. fun yeah that sounds fun Who's your role model? Could be a famous person. Could be your personal role model. Mm. I I don't have a direct role model for like, there's often people in my life or even famous people where I will look up to aspects of them as opposed to like their story as a whole. Yeah. Um, there is a journalist um, from The Guardian. Her name is Matilda Bosley. Um, she's at the start of her career and she makes, uh, sh she's currently documenting her process of being a journalist while having ADHD. Mm. And so like how her, I've been following kind of her journey on like the things she does to stay productive. She's also writing a book about um, ADHD and the process of having ADHD while also having a demanding job. So I've been following like her kind of process around that. And that's been something that I've really, I can't say I've put any of what she says into practice quite yet because I haven't, like my life hasn't been in a situation where I've needed to, but it'll be interesting to see. It, it's interesting to see just how she handles a lot of the same problems that I have. So yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. super cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Final question. What is a course you've completed that left a really strong impact on you? Oh, God. Um, I'm currently studying um, journalism at, uh, at university, and I would say that's probably one that's left a really strong impact on me. It's like um, I'm also studying screen production, but I took journalism kind of on a whim. I didn't expect to enjoy it and yeah. I didn't expect to major in it. Um, but I think it's changed me a lot in ways that I didn't expect. So, yeah, mm. I would say that. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I would ask you about why it's changed you and what has happened yeah. in the course so far. Uh, 
outside of this podcast. Otherwise, we'll never stop. <laughs> so now let's talk about rest and burnout, because that's what we're here to talk about. Um, I mean, when we were trying to find a topic that you would talk about, um, this came up naturally, because we both talk about this very often, um, you know, whether it be in a team catch up or just one on one or just randomly mention it. Um, and I think it's such a such a tough thing to to talk about. But let's start with well-being, because yeah. then we'll see the big picture and we'll understand why it's so important to talk about rest and burnout. So what does well-being mean to you? That's such a difficult question. Because um, I don't think I have the best relationship with my own well-being. But I think for me, it just means being physically, mentally and emotionally, emotionally healthy. Um, you don't necessarily need to be extremely happy in order to be in order to have good well-being if that makes sense um it's just just being stable i suppose in all of those aspects yeah yeah that's so true i mean i've learned a lot about that recently too i mean a lot of the guests on this show have said you don't have to be thriving in all those aspects to have well-being but you do need a certain level of balance and you need to have an understanding of what's going on in your lives. And I think that's so important to understand because like you were saying, it's like a, you know, it's just being healthy in those aspects. And sometimes you're healthy in one aspect and not the other two, or, you know, like you're healthy overall, but you feel like something is wrong. Mm. And I think it's a good signpost to kind of see what needs to change? Yeah, burnout is one of those, right? Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk more about that. But what are some of the misconceptions you think people have when it comes to well-being, based on that, dis- you know, definition that you have for yourself? I think it's what you said about like you know you don't need to be thriving. I, I think as a society we try too hard to thrive, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think there's a lot of good that comes with aiming to thrive but I also think sometimes we put a bit too much pressure on ourselves we're not exactly where we want to be it's sometimes just allowing yourself to experience the process of living yeah like we're talking about you know if something is kind of wrong in your life you know if if you're not quite if if you're kind of healthy in some aspects but not quite healthy in other in another like it's not a straight line you know for example physically like my period symptoms happen to be that a lot of my organs just don't function normally for a week every month. There's no way I'm going to be healthy for long periods of time when that's the case. Yeah. And um, it's just kind of a matter of being able to manage that when Mm -hmm. it does happen, I think. Uh, It's, yeah, putting, I think we put too much pressure on ourselves with just being perfectly well. And I don't think we need to be. I think it's like, if we are falling behind, it's just our body giving us a sign that Mm. things might need to change a little bit or things are just not good right now, but maybe they might get better in the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I think Mm. it's so important to notice the sign. You know, it's not about thriving all the time, not even being happy and healthy all the time because Mm. no one is. (laughs) And also... Because I host a a show on happiness, and this is like what I've been reading up on a lot. If you don't have those down moments, Mm. you won't know what happiness means or well-being means. Mm. Because it's just all going to be like this. Yeah. It's just a straight line. It's It's You you can't really. Yeah. I mean, someone did say that to me. I was like, because I was going through a really tough time. And then I was like, oh, 
I just really hate this. I really hate this feeling. And then he went, but then life, your life be so boring. Yeah. And then I was like, huh. Yeah. True. It's so true. Like as much as I think there are definitely times when the thing you're going through is a little too much <laughs> and you yeah. probably shouldn't be going through it. Yeah. Um, burnout. Being one of them. Burnout being one of them. I still think that it, it, it's true in that like bad things will happen to you in life that cause your, that affect your ability to be well. But it, again, it's just learning how to casually observe it and manage mm. it to the extent that you can because yeah. I don't think there's any perfect way to manage that kind of thing either. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's so important to keep that in mind, um, which is why we need to talk about rest and burnout because it's such a big aspect of well-being. And I mean, there are so many other aspects, right? We talk about um, physical, mental, emotional, and there's going to be a lot that happens in our lives. But for us, it's uh, quite timely that we both have been going through severe burnout. Mm. And um, I talk about this quite openly on the show because I don't want to glorify the image of me hosting the show, meaning I have like perfect well-being. I don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I want to be honest because, you know, we need more honesty in life. And when we acknowledge our problems um, and we work on what is wrong, collectively, we're going to be a better society. Yeah. And I actually read, um, so during my break, before we go into the definition, just for context, the reason why I really want to talk about this topic, and I know you too, is because during my break, I read this book called Lighter. And in that book, basically it talks a lot about healing your trauma and things. It's not just about like healing, you know, from burnout, but overall, when you notice what's wrong in your life and you can heal yourself from it, you're going to become a better person. You're going to be a, a better friend, mm. a better daughter, son, um, brother, sister, partner, yeah. you know, um, husband, wife, mm. whatever it is, parent. And collectively as a society, we are going to be so much better people. Because when you really think about the structural issues that we mm. have on this planet, issues are caused by humans. Yeah. And why do we cause these issues? Because we all have not healed from our own traumas. Mm. And it manifests in different ways. And I feel like that is such a powerful thing to talk about, which is why it's so important to have, to define this relationship between rest and burnout. Mm. Because when you're burnt out, you're not a great worker. No. You're not a great friend. No. You're not a great daughter. No. You're going to have like a lot of things that's going to happen to you. So rest is important. But yeah. then how do you define this relationship between rest and burnout? Because it's a big topic. It's like mm. it's nested in one one and the other. Mm. So I'm not an expert and I, I should probably mention, I mean, that's obvious, I think, <laughs> from the get-go. Um, for me, burnout is just this irrational, at least the way it manifested for me, this irrational fatigue and inability to manage many aspects of my life especially the most important aspects of my life, but definitely stuff that's l less important as well. Um, in a way that kind of is just long lasting and doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I'll be getting the right amount of sleep, for example. I'll be getting, you know, I'll be having my three meals a day and I'm eating healthy. Um, I'm spending time with my friends still, but 
even with all of that, even with all of these things, I'm going to therapy as well. Um, I've been going to therapy for a year now. Um, even with all of those things, I'm still feeling this kind of irrational fatigue. And there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things that go into this. I have chronic mental health issues that probably contribute to my burnout. Um, but I think it's just, yeah, I'm not able to concentrate, even though I have the will and desire to concentrate. Um, I'm not able to take information in and retain it the way I normally would. Um, my executive function, so my ability to organize myself completely falls apart. And it means that my strategies for retaining information that I would otherwise be bad at retaining have also fallen apart. It's it's just kind of a lot of different things. And at least what I've noticed is that I'm also physically falling sick a lot more than I would. Yeah. I mentioned that, yes, when I get my period, I do, my, my organs fail to function, but this was beyond that. Yeah. Um, and again, it's nothing, I wasn't really doing anything that would make the amount of time I was sick, that would justify the amount of time I was sick. Yeah. So I guess that's how burnout manifested for me. Um, and I could go on about the ways it manifested, but I, I think that kind of summarizes everything. Rest for me is not just the ability to actually rest and like detach myself from work, but the ability that when I've detached to like not have to worry about it in the future as well. That's kind of what rest is at the moment, at least. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things where the definition is probably going to change based on the situation you're in. Yeah. Um, but I think that's just the kind of rest that I require right now. Mm. Um, I don't know if those are good definitions, but those are yeah. definitions nonetheless. Yeah, no, I think it's good to first understand it from your perspective mm. because we're not experts. So it's not, it's by no means a scientific definition, but it's just good to kind of understand the context of why we're talking about the things that we're talking about. Mm. Um, so yeah, we've defined rest and burnout. Let's talk about that relationship then, because... Uh, we we talked about this before and it's like this tendency to get burned out, right? Because you have that, I have that. It's not mm -hmm. that uncommon. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously a lot goes on in our lives, probably just not just from work, but um, I do know that a, a big factor is not having enough rest. Now, what kind of rest are we talking about? And, you know, what kind of rest would um, help to, you know, sort of avoid getting to that burnout stage? Because I think in hindsight, it would be better for us to, to talk about it because we have gone through it. Yes. So yeah. we know that we didn't have the right kind of rest. So mm. how does that relationship work? You know, like how, how should we say this kind of rest mm. would help to influence you um, to be less burnt out or, you know, mm. like to sort of like decrease the tendency for you to be burnt out? Mm -hmm. I have some ideas in mind, but I wonder mm. what yours are. I think for me, the key was first understanding how my brain worked, which is that no human brain is designed for multitasking. It's not natural, but my brain is especially bad at multitasking. And I was studying uni part-time and working two jobs. And sometimes it meant that even when I tried setting boundaries as much as possible, even when I tried to be like, okay, I'm working this time and I'm not gonna be thinking about this at all the other time, 
Because I was constantly switching between things and because my schedule for like everything was so unpredictable, um, it often meant that my brain, which already struggles to multitask more than more people, more than most people, was just struggling to switch between tasks. And just that little thing was meant my brain was working overtime, which again, burnt me out. Yeah. It's kind of that, I know that that's probably not how it is for everyone because I know there's a lot of people who can handle, you know, having two jobs and studying. Yeah. Probably, it's probably not good for anyone, but some people can just manage it better than other people. But for me, it's kind of like, I understood that, that was a key factor in what was causing my brain to burn out. And that's the kind of rest I needed to receive. Yeah. Like that's what I needed rest from. Mm. So could you repeat the question? Because I feel like I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it, you, you nailed it perfectly. Um, we, we were talking about, you know, how, what kind of rest can, you mm. know, reduce the tendency for you to get burned out. And mm. I think from what you just said, the way I would understand and interpret it is you need to understand how your body works, how your yeah. brain works, what yeah. kind of rest it needs. Yeah. And that is, you know, the perfect answer. Because mm. to me, it's like, I feel so guilty mm. when I do nothing. What do I mean by doing nothing? Playing with my cats, listening to music, like just sitting there listening to music watching a movie. I feel so guilty doing all those things. And I always feel like I need to do something productive, like read a book, summarize the book I'm reading, learn something new. And uh, and then all of that on top of the work that was already intense burned me out because I didn't allow myself to rest. Mm. Last year, I worked a lot of hours, like really long hours, because I really wanted the project to succeed. So my schedule was like, all over the place. I remember my friend, one of my friends even told me like, it'd be amazing if I could see you before 8 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh yeah, sorry. But then fast forward to this year, I'm not doing that anymore. Like I'm strictly doing nine to five and I'm only working later on days that my team needs me. So I would adjust my schedule to do eight hours. Some days I still do more than eight hours because it's necessary, but I try to not do that as much as last year because last year burned me out severely. And I found that during, um, so I'm currently on a fun project called the Burnout Recovery Project. Okay. Very fun. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been documenting it on my Instagram. It's been really fun. Um, and one of the things that I have learned and really embraced and told myself is the kind of rest that I need is not the kind of rest that I thought I should do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's it's not about, oh, you have to um, read this book at this particular time, uh, you know, while resting. You, you don't have to, um, you know, like go through all the life admin at this time. It's okay to just be. Yeah. Because I have productivity anxiety. Mm. If I'm not productive, I feel anxious. Mm. I feel guilty. Mm. And... It it's taken so long for me to embrace just doing nothing mm-hmm. because last year I was constantly doing things like every single day, like every day I have something to do. Like if I'm not hanging out with friends, I'm going to do something productive, producing something. This year, I'm just doing that. And one of the things that I talk to my friends about a lot 
um, during my break, I just got back from a holiday, by the way. So during my break, I got back, uh, I, I got back to like connecting with myself and she and I, we were talking a lot about like, you know, like burnout and like why I feel that way. And, and she was saying like, I'm so glad you realize that you, you can just rest and just be. Mm. And you know, what's interesting? It comes back to childhood trauma. Mm. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I do not know what it is. I need to go to therapy to unpack this. Yeah. Yeah. I need to go to therapy to unpack this, but basically it's something about like, you need to be productive produce things la 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 when you were a younger kid and now it's manifesting mm. so she was also saying i'm so glad you're embracing just you know the concept of just be it's so good and then i told her about my day and i was just like oh yeah like i just sat by the water and and stared at the birds but did nothing just listen to music that's it i didn't produce anything i didn't read anything i didn't consume any content mm -hmm. And that was all I did. And she was like, I'm so happy you did that. And I'm like, aw. That's such a huge part of like what I need needed to understand about rest as well, which is like my, I, th I, I think I might've mentioned this on one of my shows, but I don't know if I mentioned it on yours. Um, something my psychologist actually asked me earlier this year, which kind of just like, I don't, this is not a professional way of wording it, but wig snatched. Like I was, <laughs> okay. I was, I gasped. I was like, I'm still not over it. Um, I, she was like, we were talking about our hobbies and like what I do to rest. And I was like, you know, I'm a big bullet journaler. I love arts and crafts. Um, like when even back then I had a bullet journal and like just the idea of like being really artsy and craftsy with it was like, I was like, I really enjoy doing that. It, I get a lot of joy from that. Um, I love creative writing. I love painting. Um, and then I love learning new things. And then she asked me, do you have any hobbies that don't require you putting effort into them? Mm. Yeah. You just tell me about this. And like, to this day, I was like, oh my God, like I do have those hobbies, but I consider that wasting time Yeah, because of childhood trauma, because I was raised to um, value busyness. Mm, that's exactly it. Yeah. And it's like, I realize now that like I, it's okay to not be doing anything worthwhile. And one of the things I really wanted to make sure I do, especially for this like first few weeks of resting, is like if I spend five hours on TikTok, that's okay. <laughs> it's is it particularly healthy to be doing every day? No. But if that's where my brain has taken me on this particular day, if that's what it feels it needed, that's fine. Yeah. There's nothing else for you to do. You're supposed to just rest. You're not supposed to be thinking about what you could be doing better. And you don't have to think about resting better. It, there's, I guess, scientifically better ways to rest than none. But sometimes when you're spending so much effort in other aspects of your life, trying to figure out how to like do the best you can, when you're not doing those things and when you switch off, you kind of just need to let your brain relax the way it wants. Yeah. So I've been doing all these things, you know, I was the kind of person that like, I would like watching movies, even though I love film, was like so difficult for me because I felt like I had to make time 
to like watch it and like I'm the kind of person that like because I had so little time to do that I would just um I would always make sure I was watching the kind exactly the kind of movie I liked you know like I spent so much time trying to pick something and I would plan it ahead of time now it's like and albeit I do have more time to like think like just do that kind of thing I was just like I'll just watch Princess Diaries 2 I haven't seen Princess Diaries 1 recently. Who cares? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I will just like, I just saw it on my algorithm. I watched it and that's not the kind of thing I've ever done. I've always been the kind of things like, what's the best movie I can watch at this particular occasion yeah. now that I finally have time? Mm. It's been both liberating and also very strange. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful kind of strange. Yeah, mm. yeah. I love that for you. Yeah, so just kind of like, you know... Embracing, spending my time in like trash goblin kind of ways, mm. which is important actually. It's important. It's important. That's what exactly what I'm talking about, and I think that's what more people should embrace. Just, mm. just be. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Do whatever your your mind takes you to. You know, like enjoy the stupidest thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you think it's stupid, it's not. It's helping you to rest, right? And yeah. and that's so important because we have this culture of like productivity and you need to produce this, do that. And a lot of people are like, oh, like I have like my journal packed from this to this time and I'm doing all of this stuff. Mm. And yes, it feels great to be productive. But if you are not resting enough, you're going to burn yourself out. And at the same time, when you're burned out, and you're trying to stretch yourself to like, oh, like, let's do this and that. That's going to bring yourself out even more. So it's just so important to just be. That's what I've been embracing a lot. And I feel like it's so hard to do. But once you've got used to it, it's great. And then you're going to slowly come back to yourself. Mm. That's what I'm telling my friends. Well, like she asked me, okay, so what's the, what's your goal for the rest of the year? Just have fun. Just yeah. be. Honestly, no other goal. Yeah. If I don't achieve the things that I set out to do at the beginning of the year, mm. I'll do it next year when I'm not burnt out anymore. Yeah. Right now, I just do not have that space because like the the smallest thing stress me out. Mm. The littlest thing stress me out. Like I um I had a I think I had to like do this little like paperwork and I put it off for like three months. Yeah. And the other day I was like, okay, there's no other time. I have to do it now. It took five minutes. Yeah. It took five minutes. Yeah. And I just like, I was like, okay, finally done. But I did not have the mental space or, any, or the strength to do it. So it happens, you know? And so it's important for us to help our audience to understand if we can, how we can notice the sign of burnout because Maybe some people are burnt out right now and they just don't know and they just keep going with that productivity train and they're burning themselves out more, which is exactly what I did. And I think you did that too. Mm. So how did you know? What are some signs that our bodies and minds need rest mm. because we are burnt out? I'm going to be like perfectly honest with you. It was very, very, I could not do it on my own. If it wasn't for my psychologist, I don't think I would have realized just how bad things were. Like it, it again, like I said, I was raised to value busyness. And even though I haven't always been busy my entire life, um, the way the, the values instilled with me just means like if I'm working all the time, it's a good thing. 
you know, if I'm being productive, it's a good thing. It, it's why my hobbies were also about productivity and like creating something. I, I, I really don't think I would have noticed it, but I, for me, the, the change happened. And I, I think it was just a matter of coincidences. As I said, I've been it'd been manifesting physically and that I was falling sick um, a lot more often and in a way that I wasn't normally doing. I'm not the kind of person that falls sick often. Um, but uh, I became COVID positive a few days after that conversation with my psychologist. Oh. So it kind of forced me to take a break for like a week and a half, two weeks. And when you, I mean, for anyone who has had COVID, which I assume is the majority of the world at this point, you can't really do anything. Mm -hmm. you, you cannot do anything when you're in isolation. Um, you are stuck wasting time. Like my COVID manifested uh, beyond being like bedridden, it manifested in these really awful migraines, which meant I wasn't really able to like do the creative stuff that I normally do in my free time. I was literally just wasting time. Mm -hmm. That's that's the only option that I had. Yeah. And I realized like this is making me feel really good. <laughs> <laughs> this is making me feel really good in a way that I don't think I've felt in a very long time. Yeah. And I'm not the kind of person that feels good doing nothing yeah. normally. Yeah. Same. So clearly this is something that I need. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I think that's, again, like, I, I wish I had a more profound, like, you know, tips on how to spot that kind of thing, but I really would not have done it on my own. Yeah. For me, it's like, a, it's like a train hitting me one day. Um, last year, I was sick a lot. And I'm going to admit, I, I wrote this on my, on my, um, project as well on Instagram. This is very not pretty, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I think it's going to be important for people. I did not get out of bed until it was time for work. I felt like I was getting depressed. I did not clean my apartment as usual, as often as a human would normally do, which is daily. My sink was constantly filled with dishes at all times. Maybe I'll like, I'll clean it when there's no more space. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I have to do it now. I did not take care of my cats as well as I would have. Actually, I lost one cat last year as well. And maybe that's why, mm. you know, like I, I know people say, oh, you, you were, you're a great cat mom. You didn't do anything wrong. But in my mind, like maybe I didn't notice little things, you know, maybe I did something that I don't know about. And, you know, like, anyway, I, Noticed that there were a lot of things. So, you know, constantly getting sick, not being able to function as usual, not wanting to get out of bed, not doing anything productive unless it's work. Mm -hmm. And when I finish work, I just feel completely lost. I did not know what to do with my life. I did not know what I enjoyed anymore. And it, it kind of continued on until I decided to go to the gym and then that changed my relationship with my mornings and then I don't have that anymore. But then the same feeling of feeling lost mm -hmm. is still there. I'm like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I enjoy. I don't know who I am. I feel anxious all the time. I need to be around people and I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. I needed to be around people because I didn't know what to do with myself. Mm -hmm. 
And I was constantly running away from problems. So instead of facing the problem, I was running away, like, you know, going out yeah. as much as I could. It was not healthy. And so uh, those are the ways that I noticed, oh, I'm burned out. Mm. And then now I have to sit with myself and actually work on recovering from that mm. by having more fun, connecting with friends in a meaningful way, spending time with myself. Mm. So it's, you know, it's very different for different people. And those are the things that work for me. Mm. But, you know, based on your experience, what do you think to be some of the things that, you know, the kind of rest that all people could benefit from? And this could be to deal with burnout or to prevent burnout from happening. What is the kind of rest? Mm -hmm. um, activities, you know, some mm. kinds of rest or kinds of activities that we should uh, think about or try, you know, because one size does not fit all. So maybe you can recommend some things and people can take them on board or not. Yeah. Up to them. In terms of like the kind of rest, for me, it was really like figuring out the things that are fun and not thinking about whether that fun will lead to anything important. Um. One of the things I've been trying to do for the past, what is now almost two weeks, is I've been trying as much as possible to stay off social media. Um, so that doesn't mean I'm not on social media. I definitely am every once in a while. One, it's how I communicate with friends. I've been staying at home quite a bit, so I've had to. Um, but two, um, they just release threads. And as a content manager, I kind of need to know how it works. <laughs> So it's impossible for me to stay off social media, but I've been trying as much as possible when I'm resting to like not rely on the really quick serotonin boosts. I've been trying dopamine, to, yeah. yeah, dopamine. Like I've been trying to make sure that um, even though a lot of what I've been doing is technology-based it's still like stuff that I probably wouldn't normally do or wouldn't take too seriously I was talking about like movies and when I'm choosing movies my taste in movies is usually quite selective I don't watch I, I do enjoy a good rom-com and a good teen movie from the two from the 2000s um but like when I have limited time that's not what I'm going to choose to watch I'm going to choose to watch the stuff that's like premiered at Cannes at cons, for example, because um, that's kind of what makes my mind think. Mm -hmm. Like those are the the intellectual kind of films that I like to spend some time sitting with. And I think when I've been choosing to watch movies now or TV shows now, I've been choosing to watch this stuff where I don't really have to use my brain. I can just switch off and watch. Harder than it looks as a film student, it's very <laughs> difficult to switch it off. Yeah. Like I was watching, like I said, Princess Diaries 2 the other day and I was like, damn, that's a good shot. Or like, that's a good editing choice. And I'm like, please stop doing that. I'm like, I really <laughs> need my brain to stop doing that. Yeah. Um, but just trying to choose things that require very low brain activity. I yeah. think that's what I've been doing. Mm. Social media is not one of those things. Yeah. Social media, even though it sometimes feels like low brain activity and it is kind of, I guess, a waste of time, um, it does make your mind kind of work a little over time and I'm trying to avoid doing that I'm trying yeah. to make sure that my brain is not working <laughs> as ah, much that's such a good point so that's the that. kind of rest I'm kind of going for yeah it, it's, it's very it almost feels like unscientific and like 
very simple, but based on the conversations I've been having with my psychologist, I think it's what I need right now. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm going for. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Very cool. Mm. So on this topic of burnout, obviously there's so much to talk about and I think we, we could sincerely go on all night, but is there anything else you would like to mention before we move on to something more practical? Yeah, and this is probably something I can talk about a bit more in detail in like the later parts of the podcast too, but something I did want to say now is that resting from burnout is really not easy and it comes with its consequences. <laughs> Financial is a big one. Yeah, um, that's 100%. That's a huge consequence, but also like not everyone is going to be equally supportive. Like it's not, it's not accessible for everyone to just switch off and, and, and leave their job the way I did. It's not really possible for the majority of people. And when it is possible, not everyone is going to be entirely supportive. You, life might not allow you <laughs> to rest in that way. Um, there's also, even if you are, I guess, doing it right, if there's a right way to do it, um, there's a lot of negative emotions involved with taking burnout. I'm feeling a lot of guilt that I'm trying to unpack and struggling to do. And I don't know how long it's going to take me to unpack that. Um, I am dealing with a lot of like anxiety about my future. I don't know whether this is something that I'm going to regret later on because I've kind of essentially put a lot of my ambitions which I was like go 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 on for the past year and a half like I put them on pause for a little while there's a lot of job applications out there right now for the field that I want to go in that I have to actively tell myself not to apply for because I need the rest yeah it it's not easy mm. and I don't think like even though I'm sitting here and I feel a lot better than I did two weeks ago there's still a lot that I need to get used to. That's so true. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you loud and clear. That, that's really tough. Mm. Kind of have goosebumps. Because, <laughs> yeah, like I think for me, it's like, oh, like, can I really just take a break from work? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have myself to feed, my cast to feed. <laughs> like, I'm lucky because I live at home with my parents. Yeah. But even that has its own issues. Like, I was working really hard because I want to move out of home because, as with ethnic parents, sometimes you just need to get away from there. I'm in my late 20s now. I really need to leave the house because uh, it's getting a little too much sometimes. Um, and with ethnic parents like yours and like mine, they don't really get mental health issues. So trying to explain to them that I'm resting <laughs> this young yeah. is practically impossible. Yeah. And that's come with its own set of issues. So yeah. like, yes, I think overall it's a good thing, but that doesn't mean it's not going to come with its own set of problems. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. But I think the, the rest that we are talking about is still possible regardless, mm. you know, because you actually put on a lot. You did a lot at the same time and for people that are working full-time and can't really you know take a break from it um obviously there are multiple things they can look at like you know prioritize and setting the boundaries mm. i think that's one of the most important things that i've done and i find that to be really helpful mm. i used to not say no to meetings yeah. after hours or I, I used to just stay on until the meeting finishes because mm. you know sometimes meetings run over yeah. now that's when it's it. time to go it's time to go and i'm just like 
okay, thank you for this. I'll catch up with you guys tomorrow. Yeah. I'll catch up with the rest of the recording tomorrow. Like yeah. I had to do that. And it's like, I'm growing as a professional too, because I'm being firmer mm -hmm. and growing as a person because I'm setting my boundaries. It's really hard for me to do that. Yeah. Just walk away from my computer and not care because I really care about the work that I do. Mm. It's so hard for me to start practicing that. And it's helped tremendously. Yeah. The other thing is to just enjoy being outside as much as possible. So not lock myself indoor because that was uh, one of the mistakes that I made last year where I just spend a lot of time indoors. And I think I watched The Big Bang Theories about three times last year. Yeah. It was on repeat. Yeah. I was like, I was just like, you know, sitting there watching it, like zoning out. And zoning out is not bad, mm -hmm. but when you spend time in nature, it really helps. And that like that kind of rest is important. Like just go out, you know, go for a long walk. It really helps. And it's good for you, good yeah. for your body. So I feel like you know, that is helpful because sometimes I feel guilty for going on a long walk. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's like two hours. I should have done, yeah. I, I could have done so much in two hours. Actually, yeah. no, this is so important for my soul mm -hmm. and for my recovery. So, yeah. Going back to the boundaries as well, it's like you and I, like we work in startups <laughs> and startups, you have many hats, as people often say. It, it just means that like, I guess people with traditional desk jobs working for bigger companies are not doing the same kind of multitasking that we are. That's not to say that that doesn't come with its own set of problems. It absolutely does. And that can result in burnout. Yeah. But something to keep in mind for us is that like, it's not just the fact that we're working nine to five or working overtime. It's the fact that while we're working, no matter how long it is, there's a million different things we have to do at all times. And it's usually stuff that's outside of our job description. Yeah. And outside of our control too. Outside of our you control. You plan to do well. A and then you end up doing A, B, C, D. Exactly. Maybe more. Exactly. So it's that lack of control that I think adds to it. Mm. it adds to our inability to switch off yeah. as well and set those boundaries, which is that's where true. it becomes so much more important to set them. But yeah. Yeah. Very true. It's a, it's a big topic, man. I think it's, so important for we for us all to talk about this because we all go through this at one point or another in our lives, I believe. And this is, you know, the, the burnout that we're talking about is very much work-related, but mm. I know that there are other things in life that can cause burnout, like yes. parental burnout is something yes. that I think is on Adina's shows. Also, mm. you know, the parenting science show, uh, I believe that's a topic. Um it could be like, you know, like the caretaker, burnout, whatever that is. It, it can be a lot because there are different aspects of life that can cause burnout. But I feel like the symptoms would be kind of similar. Yeah. And for me, it was like, uh, you know, at, at a certain point last year, I also had emotional burnout. And I was like, whoa, I just cannot handle any of this. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting for me to notice. But I think the, the biggest thing to really talk about uh, when we're on this topic is just to be honest and open about it. Yeah. Because I think that is something that people hide, mm. like at work, especially because it's like, oh, am I incompetent for being burnt out? No, no, mm. you're not. Mm. You know, like if you're afraid to talk to your manager about it, then you need to change that environment. Mm. That's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember like when I was, uh, when I had my first full-time job ever, I talked about burnout. I said I was really burnt out. I need psychological support. I need mental health support. Do we have an EAP? 
It was also a startup. And they said, we'll provide you with some coaching. How to, how to be more productive. Yeah. And that, mm. that just... That's, that's just not a healthy environment. That just killed it for me. So obviously yeah. that's why I left. Um, but, you know, even, even though the environment, like the other aspects of learning and growing in my professional career was great, mental health is so important to me that that any place that does not help, you know, value mental health and um, support for these kinds of things would just not be right for me personally. And so I'm I'm grateful that, you know, we have this team that's so supportive and I can just talk to anyone and everyone about burnout and, mm. you know, try to explain my perspective. And everyone's kind of like, yeah, we hear you. You do a lot, you know, like, mm -hmm. and Gabs, you know, on our team, she's so amazing. She's always like, Lou, you're doing the best you can. Yeah. You're doing enough. Just yeah. enough. And because sometimes when you're burnt out, you're not able to do more. Mm. You're not even able to do the, the minimum mm. that you normally would. And sometimes I'm like, am I dumb? Because mm. I have moments like that. And recently it's it's been better because I've, I'm embracing rest, right? Previously, it was like, I couldn't, like, I was just like sitting here reading a message. And I was like, oh, I need to do this. But I was just staring at it. Mm. I couldn't do it. I knew what to do, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah. Because it's like a five-step thing. Normally, yeah. I'm really good. I'm like 10 steps. I'm fine. But I was so burnt out that I felt like I was dumb. Yeah. I couldn't think. And then even in conversations, I start to get really overwhelmed when information comes through. And then now I can go, oh, okay, I hear you. Here are some of the solutions. Mm -hmm. I can actually bring solutions back to the table, yeah. which is a sign for me that I'm slowly recovering. Yeah. But I think it's so important to talk about it because you don't, you don't have um, sort of like a standard for performance where you can just be like, yeah, like it's like, yeah, constant, you know, performance. What if something happened? And yeah. it's good to talk about it. And it's good to ask your colleagues or people around you when their behavior starts to change. Because that's what I've noticed in some of the team members that we currently have. When their behavior starts to change, instead of going, why are you doing this? I would go, are you okay? Mm. Is there something that's going wrong with your mental health or in mm. your lives? Because that can affect the way that they work. And it's so important. And we, we need to be understanding but also, you know, sort of like guide them through the process. So I think that's important to also yeah. point out in this conversation because it could be a work dynamic. It could be a personal, you know, dynamic. Mm -hmm. When your friend starts behaving weirdly, what would you do? You're yeah, not going to be like, oh, get better. <laughs> go away. You're going to yeah. ask, right? You're going to be like, yeah. what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So that's important because if if we don't have this, sense of awareness and you know compassion in our society we're just going to break people and i think that's that's not something that we should look at we should look at ways to make people all feel better yeah for sure something i'm learning all the time because burnout i think i'm grateful that we live in a world that has the vocabulary to talk about this kind of thing because it is so much more common <laughs> Yeah. Then people realize. I'm so glad that there's a word for it. Yes. <laughs> but like one thing I've learned is that it just manifests differently for so many people. And something repeatedly, because I've been to therapy on and off for the past 10 years, something that repeatedly comes up is that everyone has a different size cup and a different set of things that they can handle. And that cup might change. Like it might not always be the same for you all the time, but comparing yourself to what other people can do or perhaps what yourself of the past could do 
is not very productive for you. It doesn't really help. It's like just understanding it's much more better to evaluate what you're capable of at that given time yeah. than it is to be like, oh, in the past I used to be able to do that, which I know is one of the ways of measuring burnout per se. But And, and it's important to maybe be conscious of that, but we have a tendency to beat ourselves up over it and it's not healthy to no. do that. I don't think it helps in any way. Not at all. Yeah, totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like you try to pack a lot in into your day and then you feel guilty for not doing all of that. And yeah. why? Yeah. You know, you're overestimating your energy level, mm. which is a really big trap. Yeah. Like it's it's happened to me so many times and I would have like to-do lists. And now instead of saying, I'm going to do these things today, I'm just saying I'm going to do these things this week. So depending on my energy level each day, I'll pick and choose what I can do on that particular day. Obviously, mm. if there's a deadline, then strictly today I have to do this. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. It's really fine. Yeah. I, for me, like, uh, again, mental health issues, <laughs> chronic depression is definitely one that, like, I have been very aware of for a very long time. Um, and it's been particularly, I think that's one of the things that also clued me into burnout is that it's been particularly bad this year. I'm the kind of person that, like, yes, I struggle to get out of bed when I'm depressed. That's always been a factor of my depression. Um, and it happens more in the winter than it does in the summer. It is seasonal. But something I found this winter is that like I will have things, and usually when I have something to do, when I have a meeting scheduled or when I have somewhere to be, I'll get up when I need to. It won't be pleasant. <laughs> I won't enjoy it, but I'll get up when I need to. Um, even if it means the very last minute that I need to get up to get ready, I'll do that. There have been days where I've just not been able to do that this time around. And it's just been awful. It's and top, considering there's been this year, I've had so much more to do in my day than I did in previous years. It's all compounded and just made it made my what's normally seasonal depression so much worse than it needs to be. Yeah, and like it's reminding myself that like in the summer I could get up at I'm not a morning person, so nine a.m. <laughs> I could get up at 8 a.m. sometimes just on my own. Um, and this winter, it's like I'll wake up, I'll sleep at a regular time. I'll sleep at 11, 12 p.m., uh, 12 midnight, um, and I'll only be able to get up 12 hours later and I'll still be tired yeah. for the whole day. I hear you loud and clear. It's happened to me many times. Yeah. It's not easy to like, be dealing with burnout on top of chronic depression, but unfortunately they're just intrinsically linked. Mm. So Yeah. You know, I'm sorry that's happening to you, but I'm here for you. I'm outside of this podcast. Doing I'm here my for best, of course. Anytime. <laughs> just let me know if I can help and I will. Um but let's talk about something more practical because, mm -hmm. you know, we've covered so much in terms of like our own experiences and what could work for people. But what would be one practice? Because you're dealing with a lot at the same time, mm. not just burnout, but, mm. you know, like other mental health issues kind of like nested in that. So what would be a practice in relation to rest that you would recommend to people so that they can either avoid the burnout in the first place or recover from burnout if they're going through it? Mm. So this is something I was thinking about a lot because the rest I'm doing right now 
I don't have anything to share because I've just started it. <laughs> so I don't want to say anything about what I'm going through that I feel might not be true or I might yeah. contradict in the future. But what I can talk about is when I did notice that I had the potential to deal with burnout earlier in the year and I was functioning a lot better, um, I had a couple of things that I did that helped me manage my fatigue um, and my the the way I rested. Um, and that's when I schedule my day, having dead spaces where I haven't done nothing. Now, I mentioned that I have chronic depression. I also have what is currently suspected ADHD. Um, I'm still on in the process of getting a diagnosis for that. Um, and that means that I don't have um, executive function. Essentially, it's not, it doesn't work properly. Um, my ability to organize myself, that's something that humans develop early when they're toddlers. I never developed that. So I have to work overtime to make sure that I'm organized. And that's something that I've always done with like bullet journaling, scheduling, all of that. And I'm the kind of person that when I schedule my day, I need to also like, I need to put in when I'm showering, <laughs> when I'm eating, I need to put in every minute detail. I need to schedule like, this is my free time. And this is what I'm going to do during that free time, because this is what I wanted to do last night. And that practice is helpful. I think that's a great practice. Um, it means that like, I can evaluate whether that's realistic the next day. Um, it helps me prioritize my tasks. It helps me do all of that. But what I learned is that if I'm setting my free time for the day the night before and I sleep in ah, because I'm depressed, Ugh. it ruins that entire day. It throws okay. off my schedule and I have no ability to adapt. And that's something I've been struggling with for years. I don't think I'll ever solve that issue. One of the things that I found really helped earlier in the year when I was fine and I wasn't, my, my kind of seasonal depression wasn't affecting me so badly, um, is I would, instead of having free time and scheduling what I would do during that free time, I would just have dead space. I have nothing planned during that time. And I would make sure there was like a good two, three hours of it every day. I, it did mean that I was doing less with my day. And that was not an easy thing to yeah. come to terms with. I hear you. But it made things so much easier. It meant that if I woke up late for whatever reason, or if, as happens, as we discussed, if plans, unpredicted stuff just happens, like suddenly I have these tasks that I didn't know I needed to do, but now I need to do. And then I just had that time to like do it. Because mm. like I can move that around to any time of the day. If I have all of that free time, I can do whatever I want with that time. I was not pressuring myself to be productive. Um, this happened soon after the conversation about the hobbies, actually. <laughs> um, and it's kind of like, you know, I wasn't trying to read anything super intellectual and teach myself anything. If yeah. that's what I felt like doing, fine. Like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if those two hours, three hours, one hour sometimes, depending on how my day ended up being, is just kind of staring at my ceiling for an hour. So be it. I think that helped a lot at the time with um, managing how well-rested I felt during the day. It, made, it, it just kind of gave some breathing room to my day that made me feel a lot more at ease. And it's definitely something that, like, I intend to do in the future 
when I get my shit together, essentially. It's obviously the reason I had to leave my job was because I think I was physically doing too much. Like it was getting to a point where like I actually had to cut something out mm -hmm. in order to manage myself. Yeah. But once things kind of get back to normal and I get back into a rhythm and I feel a bit more rested, I think I'm going to continue to take on that practice because it really, it made such a huge difference to my day. Mm. It really, really helped. Mm. So that's my practice. Yeah, that's so good. I really like that. Having dead spaces in the day. I really love that. I never thought about that actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, a scary one because like I said, it means you do have to cut down some of the things you're doing. But yeah. I also think sometimes, especially in roles like ours, we do have to do that anyway. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Just be compassionate with ourselves. I think yeah. that's that's super important. Yeah. Um. So that's the practice. Thank you for sharing that. And finally, we have open mic. Mm -hmm. Here's your platform. Take it away. Whatever you want to talk about. Um. I really, really want to stress that taking time off is not easy. Uh, like I talked about this earlier. I cannot stress enough that quitting your job while that might be the best decision and if that's a decision you can afford to take if that's something you decide to do it's not going to be an easy thing to do I was very upset you remember when I told you that I was leaving it's still something that I'm not sure 100% was the best decision it's probably going to push my career back a while in a way that I'm terrified by because I'm in my late 20s. Um, and while that's young, it's also kind of old, <laughs> you know? You're perfectly on time. I, I think I'm perfectly on time, but it's kind of just what's happening in my head right now. Yeah, so I'm, I'm telling you right now, I know that's what you're telling yourself in your head, yeah. but you're perfectly on time. I know. I'm trying to remind myself. Because that that's, that's what I need to remind myself too. Yeah. So... So like, even though burnout, like it's about resting and doing all of that stuff, there's still a certain amount of work involved in reminding yourself that it is okay. Because like, if you grew up valuing busyness and valuing work the way I did, if you are a sad chronic workaholic, then it's not going to be easy for you to rest. So yeah. if anyone is going to do the thing that I decided to do, just bear that in mind. Mm. To be fair to me, like I do still have one job left and in August I will be back at uni again. So it's not like I'm doing absolutely nothing with my time. But no, you are resting. I am That resting. is an activity. Yes. You're resting it's and an you're recovering. And recovering. It's important. It's important. It's the most important thing of all. <laughs> but I do want to stress it's not easy. So yeah. If you are if you're if you're struggling with it, it's okay. Because it's it's not the kind of thing I think everyone would in yeah, this situation. Totally. So yeah. Well, thank you for being so honest and open today because I know how hard it is to talk about these things, especially when it comes to mental health because there's still so much stigma around it. Um, I'm just really glad that we could talk about it today and especially about rest and burnout. I think it's more prevalent than ever. I, you know, I talk to my friends and, you know, like half of them are burnt out or on the verge of burning out. Um, and everyone is saying, I need a holiday, you know, literally everyone. And I think it's so important to remember, yes, holidays are great, but burnout is not going to go away after one holiday. Yeah. 
um, it's not going to solve all the problems. So it's really important to learn the strategies to rest in the right way. And obviously we're no expert, but I think we're on the right track, yeah. you know, because you're feeling so much better. And I've been feeling so much better recently as well. You know, thanks to embracing all the rest and having fun and just be, it's, it's pretty good. I'm, yeah. I'm positive about the end of the year. I, I'm sure I'll feel better. I'm, I really hope you do because yeah. you've been burnt out for a long time. Thanks. And I'm, so I'm excited for you to be feeling better about yourself and feeling more yourself. And right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Thank I you. really appreciate you being here, even though you're not working with us anymore. It's just so cool that you're here as a guest. I uh, might not be working here, but we are going to have so many more conversations about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You bet. <laughs> you bet. I'm going to text you <laughs> continuously to the point where it might get annoying. <laughs> It's never going to be annoying. You yeah. can text me as much as you want. I can't guarantee I'll respond because I don't have my phone on me. But <laughs> yeah, if you don't respond, I'll be like, yeah, she's enjoying her life. Great. I'll be happy about that. Don't worry. But um, I will do my best to get back to your messages. And I'm always wait- wanting to hear about how you're doing with burnout. Aww, thanks. Thanks. That. Right back at you. You've been listening to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by the Wellbeing Science Labs, a division of LMSL the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes are available from 10 Life Management Perspectives and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcasting apps available on your devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, share, and subscribe to our channel so that other people can find it and we can continue to provide quality content. More of our work can be found on our website at we.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Lu Ngo. Thanks for tuning in.